Shmuel and Perry good base. So we saw Shmuel's, so to speak, introduction to the speech he wants to give is to confirm with Klai Yisrael that nobody has any claims against him, that nobody has any times that he did anything which wasn't completely the Hashem Shemaim, he got no personal interest of anything he did. And only after Klai Yisrael have all you know, declared in unison that Shmuel never took anything from them, never took advantage of them, and they were witnesses to that. So now Shmuel feels he's able to give us, and like we saw beforehand, because he didn't want to be in the case of the Shvaita Shaftim, that if he's going to criticize others, then they could just reflect the criticism by saying, well, you aren't perfect either. And therefore that, so to speak, gives Shmuel the right to speak. We saw the second reason was also because this was the Kiddush Hashem that Shmuel wanted to bring about. And lastly, because we saw that if a person is Yerushimayim, and therefore there wasn't a failing on Shmuel's part that Kiddush Hashem decided that they no longer wanted his leadership. So, <coughs> that's what we were holding yesterday, quick summary, and now we have to pass the part. We have Shmuel Allah. So Shmuel says to Kai Yisrael, he says, Hashem, Hashem also is Moshe vs. Aaron, Vashem Heres Avisechem Rez Mitzrayim. Hashem, who also literally means made, but here in the context it means he prepared Moshe and Aaron to lead you, and that's how he took you out of Mitzrayim. And now, Vashem, his Yatsvo, Vishavtet, Chamif Nashem. Now, his Yatsvo means stand to attention. In other words, be prepared, and I'm going to be shafted, I'm going to Ki'ilu, like have a court case against you in front of Hashem. On the one hand, I'm going to put in the scale all the stockers, all the chesed, all the good things Hashem did for you and your fathers, and then on the other side is how did you respond, how did you, so to say, reciprocate. And therefore, Shmuel says, I'm going to Ishaftes, I'm going to judge you, which means I'm going to Ki'ilu way up. Way up on the one side, for Kodesh Baruch has done it for you, and on the other side, how you have you responded to Hashem. So why, did he, why was this the second part? Why did he begin the introduction of Hashem who said motion Arabic to take it in its hand? We'll still see why that passage comes first. So he says, Kashem Ba Yaakov Mitzrayimah, when Yaakov originally came to Mitzrayim, and then what happened was the Mitzrayim turned against the Jewish people, and your ancestors cried out to Hashem, and Hashem responded, Hashem sent Moshe as Aaron as the ones to lead you, and they took your ancestors out of Mitzrayim, your fathers out of Mitzrayim, which wasn't necessarily Moshe and Aaron that did that, but the continuation. Moshe and Aaron began the process of the coming time, and afterwards, the leaders following Moshe and Aaron, Yeshua and Elazar and Aaron, were the ones who brought them into Eretz Israel. And now, what did Klai Israel do in Eretz Israel? Here in Eretz Israel, they forgot Hashem. And therefore, he sold them, so to speak, he gave them to the captivity. Or under this, under the servitude under Sisra, the Sar Tzava, the general of Chatzor. Sisra, as you know, wasn't the king, the king was Yavin. And nevertheless, uh, the one who's blamed is Sisra because he was the he was the one who really had the power to oppress Klai Yisrael. We had pushed him, was a number of times. We had Melech Moyav, also in the hands of Klai Yisrael, at the beginning of the time of Eben Gera, 
and they fought against the Jewish people. And then again, when the Jewish people saw that they had been attacked or they had been suppressed, or they had been subject to servitude, so by Yisakir Hashem, once again they cried to Hashem. But this time, they knew that they were wrong. Because it was only because of the fact that they forgot Hashem that, that, that the circumstances Hashem brought about was to bring them to cry to Him. And therefore, they admitted that they said, Kiyazavnis Hashem, but now we just said that Ba'alim is Hashem. They abandoned Hashem and they worshipped other of Hashem. Save us and we will go back to serving you. And that was the purpose of the Yisurim, was to bring Kaisal to Tshuva, and therefore Kaisal were open to admission that they had done wrong, and they davened Hashem to save them, so Hashem does. And again, in the form of a person. Yishach Hashem is Yerubal, Yerubal was Gidon, Vespadon, the one from Don is Shimshon, Vesiftach, Yiftach was uh, the one who fought against Mayav, I was again, and Veshmuel, that was himself. And therefore he doesn't take all the Shaiftim, he gives four examples of the Shaiftim, which is a question which is strange, because at least if he's going to give examples of the Shaiftim, they should line up with the kings that he said were sent against them. So he said the kings Hashem sent against them was Sisra, and the Pishtim, and Melech Moab. Now, uh, uh, Gidon said him from Midian. Shimshon said it from Pishtim, so that could be a connection. Yiftach said it from Moab, that makes sense as well. Shmuel, we know previously said it from the Pishtim, that also makes sense. But the one who saved him from Sisra was Barak and Devarak, not Gidon. It's interesting that, uh, that Shmuel, in his examples of who oppressed them and who saved them, he doesn't line up the one with the other one. Uh, it's a I didn't see anybody else, Kasha. Um, I don't know if it's a good idea. Now, on that. Wasn't my. Ehud? Didn't Ehud? Also, there was, there was more than one time that they fought Shmuel. Ehud also was a. Shemir said from Ehud. Now, already Chazal pointed out what was the reason why Shmuel chose these examples of the Shaftim. Uh, they weren't necessarily the ones who were the most recent. Why did Jafka chose them? So, on this is the famous expression of Chazal, Yiftach Vidari. Which means not all the Shaftim which are mentioned were on the same level. Some were much greater, such as Shmuel. Some were on a much lower level, such as Yiftach. But nevertheless, they were the ones in their door who were appointed to serve Kaisral. And therefore, the fact that they were given the Siyad to be the one to serve Kaisral, that each door got the, the shape that they deserved, so to speak. And the point was that Hakadish Baruch will save them when they needed to be saved. And the way Hashem saved them was by finding the person to save them. And that's what he brings from the beginning. Same thing about Moshe and Aaron. When Hashem wanted to save Kaish from Mitzrayim, so when Hashem saves, He does it through the agency of a person that He sends to be the Goyal. And if originally the, the first uh, Goyal that, Moshe, that was sent by Hashem was Moshe and Aaron. And then later on, like He points out, every time the Kaish were oppressed, again Hashem saved them, because He had that feeling. And He sent a person to be the one to save them. And He gives Himself in that category. In his time as well, he was the one who was appointed by Hashem to save Klai Yisrael uh, from the Plishtim. And now he says, Vatiru, now you saw, Ki nachash melech You saw that the king of Amman came to fight with you. But time really, and you said to me, Loi, melech we don't want it to be like the way it's been before. We want a king. But, and this was uh, 
Shmuel's objection to them was, Hashem is your king. So why are you asking for a different king? And the point that Shmuel's trying to say, even as a very good question, this was we'll see in a moment, but before that, the point that Shmuel's trying to make is, you didn't need to have a king to protect you. Hashem was always the one who protected you. And every time that you were in, that you were in Goddess, that you were being oppressed, and you davened to him, he sent someone to save you. So maybe there wasn't the person to go to. That wasn't the point anyway. You had Hashem to daven to, and then he always made sure it was his job to find the, the emissary, the shliach, so to speak, to be the one to save Kla Yisrael. And now Shmuel saying to him, you've changed. You don't want that Mahalach anymore, which means you don't want to daven to Hashem. And the idea of therefore having the king up front, the idea of having a king up front is that that way they can go to the king. They don't have to ask Hashem and then wait for Hashem to find somebody. Now they want a different Mahalach. They want to have a king that they can go straight and then get the king to fight. And there's a certain lack of therefore, the kilo avoiding having to go to Hashem. As Hashem says, Hashem Hashem He's your king. You don't need to find a person to be your king instead of that. Now the obvious question this pasuk is that that's not the way it happens. The way Shmuel says you saw Nachash came to fight with you, and therefore you came and you said you want the king. It's exactly the other way around. The king came first. Nachash, as we saw, was the reaction to the fact that they chose the king. So why does Shmuel kilo blame it on Nachash? And this goes back to the Yisrael of why Shmuel gave the Musa now, when he already told them before he wasn't happy about the king. And the answer is, Shmuel says, now I see exactly what I was worried about happened. Because now that Nachash did come, where was the Tvila? Where were they going to daven to Hashem to find us the leader? You see that Shmuel took the reins and he created the Kaisrael, and now Kaisrael says, okay, we have a king, we're going to follow the king. And Shmuel says, yeah, I see the example of exactly what I was worried about before. In other words, exactly what Shmuel was worried would happen was that Klai Yisrael would now rely on the king to save them and not rely on Hashem. So that's what he says happened to you. You saw, when, you saw that when Nachosh came, and now there was Shaul in the picture, so no doubt. There was no Tzfeda, there was no Vayizaku, but Hashem doesn't say that. And just rather than Shaul. And as I said, they said, Look, we have a king. And therefore we were around the king. And that was exactly the problem um, that Shmuel originally had. Now that it's become something the maximal, so to speak, so now that's what Shmuel feels is necessary to get the muscle for that. Do we have an expression of this in our times? And uh, if, if that's the Yisoyah, what Shmuel's trying to say, and that is, if you're around Hashem, He'll send you the Savior, whoever the Savior is meant to be. And you don't have to look for Merosh to find it. So now we understand why He started His Rasha, which is, Hashem Asher Asas Moshe Vesayim. And you ask, that's a strange Rasha, Hashem who made Moshe Vesayim. And uh, why, is it, why is that how you start? And the answer is that that's, a good, that's, that's the Shmuel's best example. Because as opposed to the other times of the Shaftim, so to speak, when Klai Yisrael cry out, and then Ke'ilah, Kodesh Prochel, looks to find somebody who's going to save them, whether it was Yiftach, whether it was Gidlan, or whoever it might have been, um, in those cases. So then, based on who was available, Hashem chose the person most appropriate to be the leader. Whereas when it came to Mitzrayim, it wasn't that Hashem looks around and says, okay, who's, who's going to do the job? But the other way around, Hashem also smashes Aaron. From the beginning, Hashem planned him for the job even before they were born. I mean, we don't know much about Aaron's birth, but for sure about Moshe, we know the whole story of how Moshe was born. And how the whole room was filled with lights and how he was saved and brought up in the palace. And, and the stargazers of Mitzrayim even knew about that. And they told Parim Arosh that the Savior of the Jewish people was going to be born. And that's Shmuel's winning argument. And you see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu prepares the goal for you. It's not like you have to have the that kind of the safety net of knowing that there's a king in, in what looking after us. Hashem is preparing that. Hashem, is, Hashem made Moshe 80 years in advance to prepare him to be the God. 
That's a that's a semi side. So why Taka with the Shaft was it different? Put himself in that category too. He was also uh, appointed to fill the need when the need was there. Okay, so that's the that's the first part of his, of what Shmuel says. And that's the first Muslim to them is that exactly what he was worried about, the problem the king would cause, you see in this case of Lachash, that's exactly what happens. Now, Shmuel carries on. The king which you charged, which you asked for. Hashem gave you a king. What's Hashem Bechartem? When they asked for a king and, he, and Shmuel chose the king. Or let's say better. They asked for a king and Hashem decided the king was going to be. They didn't choose the king. They didn't choose the king. Hashem did. So why does the Shmuel call it the king which you uh, chose, which you asked for? So. Maybe because if they would have waited another few years and they would have gotten the king that was meant to be. Because they asked earlier, so they got the show. Uh, okay, could be. Uh, the, could be. The Mitzvah explains that it's talking about what happened just previously. And that is, uh, the victory uh, after the victory on Amman, so now they said, now it's going to the Chadish the Melucha. And therefore he says, now you chose Shaul to be a king too. And you know, it wasn't just that it was chosen by Hashem and then you either did or didn't accept it, but now rather you went and accepted it also. Um, you know, so originally you asked for a king, and now you've re-accepted him, and now you, you, you chose him too. So, Nasna Shemelech, yeah, Hashem agreed. He gave you the king that they wanted. Now, the Hashem tells him, If you're going to fear Hashem, you're going to serve him, you're going to listen to the mitzvahs, but every time you fear Hashem, and you're not going to rebel against Hashem. If you and your king are all going to faithfully follow Hashem, then he doesn't say what. If if that's the case, then everything's okay. Right. If you're not going to listen to Hashem, you're going to rebel against Hashem, then, and you're going to rely on the king, so to speak, as and that will be the reason to rebel against Hashem. Then, then the hand of Hashem will be against you, which means to get punished, and against your fathers. And the obvious question is, what's going to do with your fathers? Their fathers are no longer around. And uh, so why, why would their fathers get punished if they did something wrong? So there's two ways to explain it. The one from the Gemara, and the one from the Pshat. The Pshat is, means, Lacked by your fathers. So just like you said previously, every time in the history so far, when they disobeyed Hashem and it caused them to get punished, so Shmuel said, don't think the king is going to save you from that. Don't think that now you have a king, you can protect yourselves, we don't have to listen to Hashem because we have a king, he can look after us. This is not true. Exactly what happened to uh, your ancestors, when they disobeyed Hashem with or without a king, it's going to happen to you too if you disobey Hashem. The king is not going to help. Um, so that's a simple thing. Bachem of means again will be against you as it was against your fathers. But the Gemara says in this Bachem of Abisaychem, the Gemara says in Russian that that when people are punished, Kiro, their always, their fathers are suffering the grave as well. And we have to explain what that means. But the, well, the base of that principle is that is that if I, that the punishment again, if they're going to get punished will be to be a punishment for their fathers also. Um, because, like the Gemara says, that the Mesim also 
so to speak, uh, suffer when they're descending suffer here in this world. What does that mean? What does it mean? So without looking for two esoteric reasons, there's a very simple way to explain it. And that is that we know that the estate of of a child, what the Gemara calls Karadavu, is that if a father who brings up his child to be the next link in the chain of Avdasha, so even after the father dies, he still gets hosted because he set up his son to carry on the same way he did, to the entire, to the mitzvah, wherever it's going to be, and therefore, being as this was his continuation, at best, he gets dividends from everything his son does too. And as long as that's good, that continues, then this is all returning Sosin back to the father or the grandfather, wherever it's going to be. And therefore, as long as the, the Chaim, the people in this world, are being Tzadikim, so the and the fathers and the grandfathers, wherever it's going to be, are getting Sosin from it. Okay, there's also, like I said, in Tunis, there's also Gemara who speak about that. That uh, the Sosin of a son help his father in the Aramayamis. But, if what's going to happen is that the, that the children are going to do a virus, and as a result, they're going to get punished. And as a result, they're not going to be able to do anything. So now we made it. The, the Mason suffered too. The Mason suffered too because now they've lost, so to speak, their income of schosim. And therefore, the simple part is that uh, that by punishing the Chaim, the Etzim, the, 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 their fathers died, they suffer as well. Now we don't have the, the source of schosim as we had before. So that's, uh, that's the, the, the simple part in the Gemara. And that is that Baboin Chaim, the Mason, when it's the Mason suffered for the Baboin of the Chaim, it's because they lose out on what the Schusim they could have gotten from the Chaim. So that's going to be Shmuel Sretim, if you don't listen to Hashem, so he says you're going to get punished with your king, and the king is not going to help you. Okay, so that's, that, that, the Shmuel's message is very clear. And that is, you chose a king, Hashem agreed to give you a king, but don't use the king as a replacement for Hashem. What's meant to be is you and the king are meant to serve Hashem. And if Chas Hashem is not going to be the case, then then don't rely on the king to to, to take Hashem's role of saving Klai Yisrael. But now the next point is Shmuel to do a nest. And the question is what he does and why he does it. And he says, Gam Atta Yisiatu, and he told him to stand up because he's going to judge them. He says, now stand, stand up. Look and see this big thing that Hashem is going to do in front of you. And what's the nest Hashem is going to do? It's the time of the wheat harvest, which is now at the Shavuos, and that's the middle of the dry season, that's the summer. And as we know, in, in summer it doesn't rain here in Israel. But Shmuel says, He's going to make thunder, he's going to bring, make it rain. And therefore you're going to know that you did something very bad. You did something very bad, and Hashem has to ask for it. I'm going to prove it to you that there's going to be thunder and rain in the middle of the summer. And that's the sign Hashem is angry with you. Now this question is, what's the one going to do the other one? Firstly, why does Shmuel need to go back there again? What does Shmuel need a nice to try and show them that, that Hashem is angry with them? And secondly, why was this the nice he chose? If anything, bringing rain, maybe it's not the right time for rain, but why is it a sign of Hashem's anger? Maybe it caused an earthquake, caused a fire, I don't know, fire, something. Rain is normally a sign of bracha. So even if it's not the right time to rain, well, then what Shmuel chose to be the symbol that Hashem is angry. And the third and most obvious question is, why is this a sign that Hashem is angry? Uh, Shmuel is going to daven for it. If a Kodesh Baruch is angry, then it's to say, please Hashem, tell us you're angry. If he's angry, he'll do it on his own. But for Shmuel to daven for something, Hashem listens to him, 
it's more mashma that the Navi had a koyach, and Hashem listened to the Navi wanted. Wow, so the koyach, anything to sign the shmuel is upset. And then we asked Hashem to bring this. Why is that a sign that, kilo of how, that, 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 that you, you did a lot of bad to Hashem? And that's what happens. Vayikra shmuel el Hashem. Shmuel davens to Hashem. Vayitim Hashem koyach, sumat of Hashem, 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 and rain on that day. Vayikra shmuel el Hashem, it's Hashem v'shmuel. And people saw a nice, so then they're very afraid. And therefore, all the people tell Shmuel his spinal by Adav Adechal Hashem Elekecho, Daven for us to Hashem, but I'll know, so we shouldn't die. We shouldn't die because let's also ask the question why they thought they were going to die. But what did they say? Ki Yasafna al Kolach Atisayin the Ra. We've added to all the things we did wrong in the past another Ra, another evil, and that is the Shalom Menach to ask for a king. So, they, so now they realize, from, based on the nice that happens, that you know, we've done something very bad, and then they have to say, it's a Shmuel Daven, but so you shouldn't die. So what does Shmuel say to them? No, you shouldn't be scared. Even though you did everything bad, and you should fear Hashem, or serve Hashem with all your hearts, and you shouldn't turn away from Hashem. What, what would, in which way would they turn away to follow? This is something empty, which can't help them, won't save them, it's empty, it's nothing. And therefore, Shmuel says, don't be afraid, rather serve Hashem and don't follow other things which are which are empty, which are meaningless. And that's also a question. And that is, Shmuel was, the point of the nace was to make them afraid. That's why he brought it. So he was, he was successful. And the Israel are afraid, and they said, please, Daven, that you won't die. And Shmuel just wants to die and be afraid. So then what did he bring the nace for? He wanted to be afraid, he didn't want him to be afraid. So let's start with this question, because this is maybe the side in the Munna, and then we'll go back to other questions afterwards. Moshe ran into the same thing. Moshe ran why does he tell, why, is it, why does Moshe tell us all the clothes in the Torah? To scare us. If he says, if, you're going, if you're not going to listen to Hashem, he's going to bring this illness and that illness and this illness and that illness. And there's going to be going, and there's going to be famine, and there's going to be hunger. And people are going to eat their children. And everything the terrorist says, all the terrible, terrible punishments. What was the point of it? To scare us. And you look how bad it is if you're going to disobey the terror. Okay, Moshe was successful. And the Pasuk says, the Chalas at the beginning of Nitzavim, that old Kaisra, for them, Marikos, their faces went green, they got scared. So these punishments, who's going to survive? And Moshe talks him back and he says, don't be afraid. Just like Harbei Chastim in the past, and nothing happened to you. The same thing, don't worry. So, what is it for? You want them to be scared? We don't want them to be scared. If you want them to be scared, then it's very good that they're scared. That's exactly what you wanted. Let them stay with the green faces, Panem or Let them stay like that. That's what you wanted. You wanted them to be afraid. You accomplished what you set out to do. And if you didn't want them to be afraid, you're going to come and say, no, no, don't take it so literally. I didn't mean it like that. Nothing really happened. It's all. So then what did he say for? It's exactly the same question. There's an Indian in Yero, there's not an Indian in Yero. What's the point? And this is a big issue. The answer is both on Moshe and Bashmul, and it's true in other times as well, and it's true for a person himself as well. And that is what we call the balance of Yero. There's a balance of Yero. A person needs to have Yero, but on the other hand, Yero which is too strong isn't good. Yero which a person, when he's too afraid, it's not, it's not what the result's meant to be. 
and therefore the year has to be balanced. On the one hand, there's a, of course, year Shemaim is a mile, even if you're talking about year Sinai in these cases, it's afraid of being punished. But on the other hand, year taken to an extreme is paralyzing. And if that's the case, so the person gives up. The person gives up. And he says, uh, if that's the case, so what's going to happen to me? I give up. And then I haven't achieved anything. Because uh, the Torah the, the, the isn't to scare people so much that they're going to, they're going to surrender. And they don't do anything. And therefore, there has to be the balance of year. And the balance of year has to be on the one hand that a person is aware of how bad it is, how bad it is, and aware how strong the punishment is. And therefore, they have a very good deterrent not to do it. But on the other hand, don't give up. If you're going to stop and give up, then you're not going to achieve anything. And that's that, therefore, both by Moshe and by Shmuel, you're both sides. On the one hand, you want to show that punishment is serious. And you have to take it seriously. It's not something. But on the other hand, it gets to the stage where we're going to die. So the, that feeling of we're going to die, so we give up. It's, it's gone. We've done too much bad. That's it. We're finished. So then that doesn't help because then the person isn't going to do anything. They're going to misyash. And that's why you have to bring it back again. You're going to say, no, don't give up. You must keep this in mind. There's something which is a deterrent, but on the other hand, keep going. That don't let it stop you. And uh, that, 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 that's the balance of which it was meant to be. That on the one hand, the era is a powerful deterrent, but on the other hand, it's not so strong that a person's going to feel that I've lost, nothing to do. There's a famous story of Vilna Gaon, I'll finish with that. The Vilna Gaon's prime student, that was Rechaim Vilashvili's brother, of Zamna It's a very famous story. And one time, the Vilna Gaon was describing Gehenna, one of his children. And the Kedah, that the story goes that Zamna, after him, the Gaon said, got so scared of Gehenna, that Pashat, he, he, he got sick. And he was sick and surprised. His heart was, he couldn't get out of bed. So they came to tell the Vilna Gaon that, you know, after hearing your share, Pashat, he's sick, he can't move. So the one was sick, but I have to be kachayim. So in a very rare, one of the very rare times, the guy left his house. He went to Rizal's house to move back in So everybody was sure that the other guy would uh, take back what he said. And like, you know, so when the other guy, what happened to you? I think after hearing the shir again, I finished me up. So the other guy thought like this. The other guy said everything I said is true. Uh, everything is not percent true, but you should know that any mysterious person has in this world can be omitted against all the Gehenna. And therefore, on the one hand, you haven't taken away the year. Gehenna is there. And it's as bad as he said it was, he's not taking it down. On the other hand, there's no reason to give up. Because a person can exchange it for the mysterious in this world, and therefore it's not, it's not, a, it's not, it's not a lost case. And that's, the, 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 I think, the trust in the story of the Gwen is the same you said. You have to balance the two. Not to tell people that there's a concept of how serious it is, it means there's nothing to be worried about. There's no one's scared. But on the other hand, you, you want to make it a deterrent, but if it gets to the stage where people, people feel that uh, that's the case, so I'm lost. There's nothing to do, so then you have to go the other way around. Then you have to uh, temper the year in a way that, on the one hand, people realize that there's something to be afraid of, but on the other hand, it's not to the level where they feel well, that's the case, we're just resigning ourselves to our faith because there's nothing we can do anyway. And so both by Moshe and Bashmul, after having gone to the one extreme, I had to bring it back again. And say, it's true these punishments are going to happen, but there's a way to survive it. You, just like you're, you've done things wrong in the past and you survived, you can, you can, you can survive it too. It was the same thing. You have to appreciate first that this idea of the king wasn't a good idea. But having said that, it's not a lost case. You can still serve Hashem and you can still do the right thing. And that's what he says afterwards.
Okay, that's what we talk about. Tonight, Bezit Shem, next year, we'll finish the, we'll finish the discussion. We'll go back and answer the questions we asked before as well.